Welcome back to The Chosen Life. I'm your host, The Chosen Lawyer. I've had today circled on my calendar because today is going to be one of the most fun episodes to record of all time. Get ready, strap yourselves in. Before I start, there's been a big announcement in the city of Toronto. Apparently, there's a winter bug sweeping across Toronto and the surrounding areas. It's called Stanley Cup Fever, and it's running rampant like we've never seen in the city of Toronto for some time. Today, we have an expert co-host who's able to dissect and help us with this particular bug. Not only is the money man, but go on to Rain Finance because he is planning the Stanley Cup Parade for the city of Toronto, Mr. Zachary Rain. Zach, welcome back to The Chosen Life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know, I should I should just let everybody know before we start that um I have the virus and I am cup bound for the Leafs right now. So, you know, just wanted to start it off that way. You know, I always love saying, you know, I hate I told you so, but you know what? I'm gonna start saying I love saying I told you so, but we had a good feeling about this year. We love that goalie tandem. Oh, they are making us look so good. I know Kyle Dubas is sleeping so well in his Egyptian cotton sheets. <laughs> and he is thinking job security, Brendan Shanahan. They all are tucked away and they all have their notes to Santa saying, please bring us a cup. But before we get started on our Leaf Talk today, because today is actually, we're going to throw money out the window for a moment. And today we're going to focus on the Maple Leafs because they have earned our respect and our adulation. And we're going to dissect what's going on with this team. But there's so much in the news right now with the NHL, Zach, that I got to step back for a second. And it's the Buffalo Sabres. And two aspects of the Buffalo Sabres, you know, it's like, it's called hit and misses, right? Yeah. Let's talk about miss one. And then we're going to talk about hit one. Because I think about the Maple Leafs and I'm thinking in my head, you know, how are we going to go about winning this cup this year? And we got the most unbeatable goalie tandem there is. Nobody's going to be able to stop us. So I go and I see the power rankings just came out. And I said, fantastic. <laughs> we got to be looking real good here. We're definitely goalie tandem number one. But we are not because those pesky Boston Bruins have a guy by the name of Linus Allmark. I hope I pronounced that right. Linus. Linus Allmark. Linus. Yeah. Linus. Oh, just like in Charlie Brown. Yeah. With the blanket. <laughs> so Linus with the blanket... He, all he's done is gone 15 and one with a 1.82 goals against and a 939 save percentage. I'm looking at the standings as of today because we just finished off the LA game with Toronto. We'll get into that, obviously. But the Leafs are, you know, winning every game in a row, but yet they are still behind the Bruins. Those pesky Bruins have 43 points at this point of taping. The Leafs are at 40 points. And I'm thinking, how the heck did they figure out with this Linus guy and what miracle did they have here? Well, Buffalo let him escape to Boston in 2021. So my question to you is, what was Buffalo thinking? Why didn't they lock up this guy? Why is he not a Buffalo Sabre right now? And why the heck is he on Boston? Okay, so I'm going to attribute it to the same thing as Matt Murray, right? Ottawa wanted the guy's head, right? Like they were like, he's horrible. He's done. He's a wash. We want nothing to do with him. Kyle Dubas says, well, you know, I think you may be overlooking this situation and there may be, you know, factors that you're not willing to consider. And he brought Matt Murray in and Matt Murray is what, eight and eight and one, nine and one at this point, nine and two, something like that. Um, Buffalo, as of two, three years ago, still almost now is a horrible team. They've always just been bad. No, they um, stunk, Zach. They were absolutely So what are you going to do? 
blame it on a goalie. Listen, the rule, the rule growing up when I coached minor hockey was we always looked like to look at the goalies who played on the worst teams. Okay. The reason is, is they get a bad rep. They want to leave because, you know, it's not motivating to lose all the time. Um, but they also get peppered with the most shots out of any team. Almerk was getting lit up, lit up. Okay. What is the guy going to do? Now you put the juggernaut of a team that Boston Bruins have been for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, a good, solid defensive structure. Their coach is doing a good job, but I don't think he's, you know, revolutionized hockey. You know, they, they've had good coaching in Cassidy for a long time, even with him gone. Um, Are you referring to Jim Montgomery? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's he's up for the Jack Adams right now. They're uh, they're already praising his his uh, his work. I, like I said. Cassidy brought them there. The Bruins have always been in contention. They've been a juggernaut for years. Uh, and that's with Chara barely playing any ice time too. And so even now when he's gone, it doesn't really make too much of a difference. So suddenly you put a team with great defense, great offensive capabilities. When you control the puck, the majority of the game is a lot easier. And you put all Mark in that and he goes, wow, I guess this is what it feels like to not face 52 shots a game. So yeah, he's going to look great. No different with Matt Murray. Once you give, and and don't forget to, Buffalo, and you know what's going on with Jack Eichel, they're not willing to spend money on their players, okay? They've had tons of problems on their play. And I don't mean just in cap. I mean in the actual services the players get, the medical staff, the training facilities, all of those things. They're unwilling because they're a bad team. They've been a bad team. I don't blame them, but you're not going to get what's best for the player there. Matt Murray comes to the Leafs, which as far as I'm concerned is the most cash-rich team in the NHL. And now the guy is putting up 8-0, whatever it is. Samsonov, the same thing, come from bad years. They're both bouncing back because they have a good, strong defensive team in front of them. So Almerk was never that bad, though he is definitely, he's definitely playing better, you know, behind a really good team. Well, take a look at his numbers, Zach, and I'm not going to analyze them right now, but I think he did not too bad in Buffalo considering what he was playing with there. In his first year in Boston, did pretty well, I would say. But man, he's been lights out. Do you not get the feeling that we are destined to face this man in the playoffs, the Toronto Maple Leafs? That's a feeling as well. Who? Linus Allmark? Yeah, he's going to be facing the Leafs. Yeah, you know it's coming. And, until it's restructured, it's inevitable. The Leafs right now, I think they're slaughtered to play Tampa. No, because it's Boston, then the Leafs, and then... Uh, we are not making NHL pairings right now in December Detroit. for the playoffs. But I guarantee you... That they're going to meet, whether it's the second round or whatever it's going to be, but it's going to happen. Zach. The Leafs are going to meet them. The Leafs are going to—they're going to get a couple yeah. rounds under their belt this year. They have—they've such strong defensive capabilities right now, and I like the the trajectory of the way that the team is going and the players that they're starting to keep. Forget about the ones that they have, but the ones they're starting to keep. So, they're going to face Boston, and they're going to beat Boston. Well, I'm taking a look see here because the Devils at 43 points. I don't think that's lasting anytime soon. That's all smoke and mirrors as far as I'm concerned. Yes, they have talent and everything else, but I think they're due for a cold streak. The Lightning at 33 points are going to get hot, guaranteed. And it's going to be Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Let's see what happens. But uh, for all the misses uh, and the hits, Buffalo now has my new favorite hockey player. I am jumping firmly on the bandwagon. And it is Tage Thompson. Sports radio, besides the fact in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, talking about the Leafs nonstop and dissecting them, it's Tage Thompson mania running wild across the NHL. So let's run through it, Zach, here. I got some info for you. Five goals, six-point performance in the 9-4 route of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Five goals match the record of Enerchuk back in 86. Okay. Hat trick in the first opening 12 minutes. 
That is insanity. And a franchise record, a franchise record four for Thompson. Wow. And it was he matched an NHL record by becoming the fourth player ever with four goals in a period. Like, wow. Yeah, no, he's that was insanity. It is insanity. It was against the terrible Columbus Blue Jackets team. Um, you know, am I impressed by Tage Thompson? I will tell you that, you know, our family holidays, I want to say six or seven years ago, we were watching uh pre preseason games, okay? Me and my family and my cousins who, you know, very into hockey. We've coached them, my brothers, and we're sitting there, and I look at this guy who's playing for St. Louis, it was at the time. He's six foot four hundred, tall and lanky, and he was controlling the puck so well. And I was sitting there thinking, what's this guy's name? Tage, Tage, whatever it's page, something. And I told my brother to look him up and he goes, Tage Thompson. I said, Mark my words, you watch Tage Thompson, this guy is going to be good. Reason being, how often do you find a six foot six centerman? who can dominate play, skate well, and has handles. There hasn't been one in the NHL for years. So I was I was hot in the guy even before he became big. Um, but, you know, and then eventually through the World Juniors and everything like that, my, my brothers and I, we, we knew Tage Thompson was going to be a big deal. We liked the move of getting rid of Eichel because it gave him a platform to really succeed. Five goals in a game is unreal. Four goals in a period is ridiculous. And... What baffles me just as a coach is I don't know how the Columbus coach, whoever he is, couldn't figure out, hey, just put two people on this guy, maybe even three, double team, play the body, something. I like it was nonsense. But on the same token, most of his goals were power play goals. So well, that being said, Zach, I and I did not know that you called Tage Thompson. That's a good call by you. Well done, because that's why you're the hockey guy for us, besides being the money guy, obviously. Yeah. I have the claim to fame that I predicted Shaq would be one of the best basketball players of all time before he joined the NBA. I called Shaq, so thank you very much. Tate uh, Thompson, more stats. So interesting little tidbits about him. Second U.S.-born player to score five goals in the game. Okay, Fourth player in NHL history to record four goals in a period, joining Peter Bondra, Grant Mulvey, and Joe Malone. Fourth active player to score four goals in the game, five goals in the game, sorry, joining Timo Mayer, Mika Zabjanjiza, and Patrick Laney. Laney. It's Thompson's third career hat trick and second of the season already. Now, interesting little parallels here. So he was born in Arizona. <laughs> he was drafted in 2016. First round, in fact, 26 overall. Know who went first overall that year? I think it's Austin Matthews, no? It is Austin Matthews. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're both U.S. born. Although Austin was born in California, but grew up and raised in Arizona. So mm -hmm. they have this Arizona connection. Well, you know, Tage Thompson spent his whole summer training with Austin Matthews last summer. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, Tage on the season now, 26 games, 21 goals, 19 assists, 40 points, and a plus seven. But for his career, 249 games, 143 points. What is his plus minus in his career, would you say, Zach? Oh, <laughs> playing for Buffalo's got to be like minus 40. It's minus 50. Yeah. It is brutal that's what you get you're, you're playing with buffalo it's it's the name of the game so let's play gm right now zach oh i love that okay buffalo calls toronto says listen we got <laughs> we got the greatest player going right now this is the guy now this is the new face of the nhl you got a guy austin matthews we got tage 
We're going to give you Tage. Plus, we're going to help out with your defense. Take a look at our defense core. Pick what you want from there. We'll take Austin Matthews off your hand. Who hangs up the phone on that one? Dubis. He does, eh? Oh, yeah. Why? Um, I, It's not to say that Tage Thompson isn't going to be a great hockey player. Um, the guy has a skill set and, and the physical, you know, the physical uh, build to be a fantastic hockey player. I don't know if he's got the same mentality as Austin Matthews. If you ever watch Austin Matthews, just his demeanors during the game, post game, um, you know, the guy is not happy unless not only does he win, but he kills the opponent. 3-2 game, you see the guy, just look at his face. He's pissed. Okay, unless he gets one, two goals a night, he does not care. He is a freaking competitor. Tate Thompson, I don't know that about him yet. Not to mention, on top of that, Austin Matthews thinks the game so well. Okay, you if you watched the game last night and you watched, just watch his positioning, offensive and defensive zone. The guy, the guy, he can see what's going to happen in the play three steps ahead before anyone else can, and you can't teach that. Like that is a skill. You either just have it or you don't. I've coached kids, you know, I, who just didn't even have a clue what was going on in the ice. I, I only had a couple where they saw the game this way. They didn't unfortunately have the skill to make anything out of it. But you could see they would track the play like precision hockey players. And Matthews has that skill. And that's huge because forget about the fact that the guy can put in 60 in a year. If you can defend, which is what I like about his game more now, if you can defend and prevent 60, it's even better. So I got to ask you a major question, Zach. If right now we're voting for the Hart Trophy, is it still called the Hart Trophy, by the way? Mm -hmm. It's called the Hart Trophy. Okay, great. Yeah. Didn't know if it was called like the uh, sponsored by some company or something, or they changed it to yeah. the East-West Division or something. No, like that. But it's a hard division. Okay, so it's a hard, hard award. And uh, Hart Trophy, and uh, let's take goalies out of this because they got the Vesna. So let's not let's assume goalies are not in the equation right now. Who are your top five players for the Hart Trophy if you're voting right now? If I'm voting right now, right now, and they tell you I needed the answer in five seconds, that's how voting goes. No, because it's got to take more than five seconds. I got to go. I got to go through the whole NHL. Um, it'd be hard for me to not have McDavid on that list just because he's he's always Connor McDavid. Um, I would have Sidney Crosby on that list because no matter what anybody says, and it's funny how many arguments you see about it on online, everyone can agree that Connor McDavid is the most skilled player, but from a coaching perspective, I'd still take uh, Crosby before him. I'd still you, want to build You know it's Crosby, Crosby against Thompson tonight, right? It's Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Basically. Yeah, well, it's more than just Crosby against Thompson. But It's yes. Crosby against Thompson. Okay. Okay, fine. It's Crosby against Thompson. Um, I'd still throw Crosby in that ring. Um, who else? It'd be it'd be hard to argue Mar not Marner. How many points? How many points is he up to after the LA game? Because he just scored another goal, right? I don't, I don't even know how many points. Twenty one. Is it twenty one games now? Yeah, twenty one games in a row. Um, you think he's going to break Gretzky's record of fifty plus? No, no, I don't think so either. No, that's. I think there's some. some there's some records Gretzky has that no one will even smell, let alone watch. I think he's going to make it to thirty. I got a good feeling for thirty. My well, what I wanted to see him beat is Patrick Kane. Because Patrick Kane has the longest living record right now for 26 of an active player. You mean you mean the future Maple Leaf who's coming into deadline? Yeah, that's not happening anymore. Oof, I was wrong in that one. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think I think I think Marner can hit 27 just by the sheer fact that you know <laughs> William Nylander is holding it down with Matthews right now. Matthews is as much as he's not scoring as much. 
that line is not missing Marner and Tavares is having another career year. Um, and then whoever they slot on that line is barely making a difference because Marner, it's just the Marner and Tavares show right now. Um, so I don't see, I don't see a reason that he doesn't hit 25, 30, you know, after that. So he's number three on, so you got three on your list so far for the heart, two more. That's the only three I would do. That's it. No, you're not voting otherwise. No, because you know what, if you're not going to have goalies on that list, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, so yeah, no, there's, there's nobody to me in the NHL. McKinnon's having an okay year, but he just got hurt already. So, you know, that's hard enough already. So I, I don't really see, I don't know if I'm overlooking anybody, but I don't see anybody on that list who provides, you know, really the greatest value to a team other than those three. So I got to ask you over in St. Louis now, knowing what they know today, do they still make that deal for 100%. Ryan O'Reilly? 100%. It was win now time, right? Like look at their defensive core and how it's changed over the last, you know, three, four years since they won whatever it was, five years since they won the Stanley Cup. Their team has exploded. Perron's gone. Tarasenko has been injured every single year since Petrangelo left. Uh, so he, he, Justin Falk isn't on that team. Is he? Yeah, I don't think he's still on that team anymore. Um, uh, so you know the whole the whole team exploded from that point on. They had four young guys who were having great 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 years at that time, but half of them have less since then too, right? So you know that was that was win now at that team and one Stanley Cup over a perennial player, which. You know, Thompson may bring Stanley Cups to Buffalo, but it's never guaranteed. Is he better than Austin Matthews at this point? I don't know. He's he's certainly bringing himself into the discussion. But look what Austin Matthews has done over the last five years, and we still haven't gotten past the first round. So one player doesn't make the whole team. I'd also say look what Matthews plays like, who, who, plays, who he plays with and who Tage Thompson plays with. You put Tage Thompson on the Leafs, be interesting fit, right? <laughs> Okay, anybody with Marner is going to succeed. I, I, you know what? I have to say, I was one of the guys who always just, just crapped on Marner. I said for the first two years, like the guy's not doing enough. He's not playing the right style. He's not doing this. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but the guy's grown so much into his game. He's getting good coaching. He's being surrounded by the right players. Um, so anybody with Marner, I think, is going to succeed. That being said, I don't think Buffalo has such a bad, you know, one through six in their forwards that it's going to make such a difference. Like, like Tuck, I've always liked Tuck. I love Tuck when he played on Vegas. I do not know how they got rid of him. That, to me, blew my mind. He's big, he's strong, he's a power forward and has a great defensive game. Um, Skinner, small and shifty, you know, he's niche here, niche there. For me, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, Dylan Cozens is having an absolutely amazing year too. If it wasn't for Tage Thompson and overshadowing him with 52 goals a game, a lot of people would be talking about Dylan Cozens and what he's been able to do too. So, uh, and, you know, if you're playing with two, Dallin on and power on your on your first line defense too, and you have those five running around the ice, that's still a really solid first line. Like that's that that'll revel a lot of the good teams in the NHL too. I like what's going on in Buffalo. I don't really like what's going on in St. Louis though. When we're finishing off here on St. Louis, mentioning O'Reilly, what is okay? If you got a text message, it's Jordan Bennington, right? It's like Zach. What's going on, buddy? So I know I got the cup, had that great great playoffs run there, got my contract. Zach, what the heck is wrong with me? Help me help myself. What would you text back to Bennington? I'd say that he needs to speak to someone I know as Patrick Wa. Wa? Yeah, Wa. He needs to speak with him. He needs to speak with Martin Brodeur. And he needs to speak with Carey Price. I'd say he go speak with those three people. Why? All perennial, one of the best of their games. You know, Brodeur is going to go down as the best goalie ever. 
Um, Patrick Wall is going to be in the conversation. And Carey Price is, and I will still say this, you know, as a person, I don't know if I love the guy, but I don't know too many goalies in the game that I've seen over the last 20 years, you know, with exclusion to Brodeur and maybe Luongo, that could carry a team. And I don't just mean like, you know, what Vasilevsky's done where he saved them some games. I mean, like series, like like Price would steal series. Um, anyways, go talk to those three guys because Wall was a hothead and you can definitely see Bennington's a hothead. Brodeur was able to balance. He, he, he had a fire in him, but he was able to balance it out. And Price, you couldn't shake Price. That guy was unshakable. Only thing that could shake him is his personal life, unfortunately. Um, but he, he was like, he when he got in, in the net, it was, it was a dead zone. You could see the guy just had a look to kill. Um, I would say that he needs to speak with those three and figure out how to gain a perspective on how he can manage himself because all three are have different emotional capacities and the way that they approach the game, emotionally speaking. And all three of them, I would say, had very successful careers because, you know, as far as technicality, Biddington is a good goalie. Like, he's really good. Great goalie. When he's on, he's... Like, the yeah, puck looks exactly. like a beach ball to him. No, exactly. Like, technically speaking, the guy is sound. But it's what's going on up here that's his problem. See, you're very nice because if he texted me, I would give him one of two pieces of advice. One I'd say is rent the movie Anger Management. <laughs> watch it I love on, that movie. Watch it on repeat, Jordan. It's going to help you a lot. And otherwise, I would get him to hire a shaman. And exercise the demons away from him because there's some kind of bad energy around this guy. He needs cleansing. You need to yeah. start off fresh because I, I think there's there's good angel Jordan Bennington and there's devil Jordan Bennington. I think we need to bring out the angel and exercise the demons out of him. And I think he would be right on there. So these are problems the Toronto Maple Leafs do not have. And looking around the league and seeing where they're at as far as their players and candidates for heart. And seeing where, you know, the East is absolutely dominating right now. Let's not even talk about the West at all. So let's boil down now. I'm wearing the Maple Leaf blue color with the chosen lawyer. I said, make it in Maple Leaf blue for me, please. This is what I'm wearing to the parade. Oh, look at that. He's got the cup. You got, is that the Stanley Cup? <laughs> He's drinking out of the yeah. Stanley Cup. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> so let's break it down, Zach. Mm -hmm. From when we last discussed the Leafs in the preseason to where we are today. Yeah. Things could not have gone any better than you could have ever hoped for. I mean, this is as good as it gets, right? Like, we are thrilled at this point in the season, being in December, Christmas is on its way, New Year. So break it down for us, Zach. Why are the Maple Leafs so freaking good at this point? Um. Okay, so, you know, I was talking about I was talking about this yesterday when I was watching the game with my brother. And there's one thing... You mean about the five the nothing shellacking of the... LA Kings. LA Kings, yeah, it was it was entertaining. It was like it wasn't just good hockey; it was entertaining. Um, uh, second shutout in the row, by the way. So I don't know if they're ever going to give up another goal. So it's looking fabulous, Zach. Yeah, no, Samsonov. He he was a little uh, shady last night because they didn't give him the belt, even though he got a shutout. Anyways, um, I was sitting there with my brother and we were talking about it. And the thing that's bothering me about the Leafs most right now is they had Muzzin, Brody, and Riley all out right which as far as i'm concerned that's their one through three okay although Muzzin brody's brody, coming back brody just got back last game okay yes. they had him out and defensively speaking they were sound like they were playing good hockey sandin stepped up Lilgren stepped up of most of all 38 year old mark giordano looked like he was going to win the track award out there playing 29 minutes a game not actually but like he was out there 
a lot um, and not just playing minutes. He was blocking shots. He was acting as an enforcer too, beating people up. Um, so we like know, that, Zach. We like that a lot. No, I, I love it, but but it's concerning for me because they're playing so well defensively right now. What's going to happen when Mo comes back? Because Mo, to me, has always been he's always bothered me. He's not a defenseman. He's a glorified left winger, um, and and that's that's that to me has always been bothersome because. You know, when when I coached hockey, the best thing you could find is just a freaking stay-at-home defenseman. A guy who's going to make the right moves, good first pass out of the zone, defensively sound, doesn't lose positioning, always behind, um, well, always in front of the puck, depends on the positioning in the zone. But the guy, he's just sound, and Mo is not that guy. But, but Zach, I got to ask you a question then. The heart and soul of team, Nick Robertson, now out. Uh, how is the oh, team going to recover from this? Nick Robertson should just... The Leafs should have traded him at the beginning of the year. I was freaking like begging the hockey gods. I was begging the hockey gods, you know, like just get rid of him already. Um, whether he's a good or not good hockey player, I'm not even going to question, okay? Um, he's not good for this team. He hasn't been for years. He's got value. Trade him. Now, separate his shoulder. He's probably out the rest of the year. If, uh, if so, not, they're putting him on long-term IR right now to get that salary cap relief, I guarantee you. He's on a two-way contract. They don't even need to put him on LTIR. Oh, they really? Just, yeah, they can throw him back to the minors. He's, forget about See, it. This is where you know all this stuff, Zach. Thank you for sharing that. That's the reason he didn't make the team, and Malgin did, because they could move Robertson up and down without having to wave him and risk losing him. So you don't think we're going to miss a beat without Robertson? On the Not a beat at all. Okay. All right. So getting back to Marner for a sec, I mean, look at the names he passed. Daryl Siddler, Eddie Olchek. Like, wow, like 21 points. Like, I think... In my in my estimation now, there's no coincidence that we have this win streak going, and he's got this point streak going. I think the team is really rallying around it. I think they're having a lot of fun with it. And every time he extends that streak, I bet you they're like loving in the dressing room. They're spraying each other with water, and it's a good time. You know, I was watching a podcast, the Spit and Chicklets, a clip from the Spit and Chicklets. Wait, you're you're, wait, you're watching another podcast? Uh, well, only for research purposes. Don't worry, Mr. You mean you, okay? You're not. Going against okay, few. Okay. No, 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 no. Only for research purposes, because you know, I when we have these hockey discussions, I need to make sure that I'm knowledgeable. You got me um, right there. Okay. Cool. No, no, and and the Spit and Chicklets podcast is pure hockey. Um, so you know, it, they do provide value in some sense there. Um, so it's not a and, lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle podcast. I'm no, about every no, each and no, every no. subject matter like the way we do on the Chosen Life, and that's why people subscribe, hit the notification bell, because they never know week to week what we're going to talk about. No, no, exactly. And I haven't even subscribed or hit the notification bell with Spit and Chicklets. Like I have subscribed and hit the notification bell for uh, Chosen Light Podcast because, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not the same. Um, but whatever they were saying, they were talking and they were saying um, how, oh, where was I going with this point? You were you're doing research, Spit and Chicklets, and they brought in as far as uh, Tom and Barner points streak. I completely am blinking. I don't know where I was going with that. Marner point streak. Marner. This part. Yeah, we're talking about the Marner point streak and how the team's rallying around it. Right. Like it's all excited. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's restart. Ready? Yeah. Go. So I was watching the Spitland Chicklet podcast and um, they were talking about Marner's point streak and how the team's rallying around him. And they showed a clip uh, of the other day, Steven Stamkos, who got his uh, thousandth point which big deal. Okay. Let's not diminish that. That's a, that's a huge, huge achievement. It's a thousand more than you and I both have together combined Zach in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're telling me. Um, 
Anyways, he got his thousand points and they're sitting there in the dressing room. And obviously John Cooper, a class act, gives, you know, Victor Hedman the puck so that he could give it to Stamkos. They they do the whole ceremony. They give him his stick and the flowers and everything with his family, which is nice. But if you watch the actual dressing room demeanor as he gets his thousandth point, it just seems a little reserved, right? You're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, big deal. Everybody clap for him. And then it just shifts to the Leafs. Marner gets his 19th point or whatever it was, breaking the record, or his 19th game in a row with the streak, whatever it was, breaking the record, or tying the record, whatever it was. And you just see them showering him with water all over the place. And Ryan Whitney, who I really don't love on a good day, said something smart. He goes, that's just the difference between the pedigree of teams, okay? An individual achievement in Stamkos' thousandth point, which is great, it's great. It's still worthy of a celebration, but we're not talking about dumping water on the guy and having this whole melee in the middle of the room. The Leafs are celebrating the small things, which is great, but you know they're they're accepting victory in areas which, while it's nice, you got to have bigger dreams here, baby. Like you know, you need to have that pedigree where we're here to win the Stanley Cup. You know, ands, ifs, and buts about it, and anything else that happens in between, great, just happens on the way. But like, let's freaking focus on. Can you help explain to the viewers this concept of the Maple Leafs belt? So this is only given when they win, I presume. Uh, no, I think. Uh, well, yeah, it may be only given when they win. And who? Uh, and and, and who? And who gets this belt at the end of every game? The last winner decides who gets it the next game. So Matt Murray got it the previous game because he had a whatever it was four nothing shutout. So he received the belt for player of the game, and then he decided to give it to not Ilya Samsonov last night, which was a little bit of a surprise because he also got a 5 nothing shutout. Um, but I'm sure there's no bad blood between them or anything like that. I think it's all bad blood. If I was Samsonov or Murray, I would not be rooming these guys together. I wouldn't let the guy open the door for me. I'd always be keeping one eye open around. Oh, sorry, my skate was out. Oops. I guess you're not going to be playing for a while. Like, I, I don't know. Do you think that they're best buds? Like, they're hanging out like Dumb and Dumber? Or you think that they're like, Reserved and like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. What do you think their relationship is? I don't, like? I don't think they're, I'm going to get you. I think they may be reserved. Listen, Samsonov just doesn't speak English very well. So that could be, you know, a challenge to begin with. Um, I don't see Matt Murray being that type of guy because one of the nicest hockey players in the world, everyone says, is Mark Andre Fleury. And they were tandem together for years and they didn't have a problem. They won a few Stanley Cup or a couple Stanley Cups together. Um, so I don't see Matt Murray being that guy. Everybody also says, you know, the guy is just as class act as it gets. He's got charities you know, for, for many different important causes. Um, so I, everybody says he's such a good guy. Um, I think it has, because well, he gave it to Zach Aston Reese. I think it has to do more with acknowledging, you know, a guy who plays in the bottom side of the lineup for making a big play. Because um, obviously, you know, you watch the game against LA, he he smoked that guy, whoever that was, I don't know, no name, in the middle of the ice, you know, took the fight. And then that's when everything just went nuts. The Leafs started going on a rampage after that. So, well, let's get to, well, I, I'm shocked you didn't give it to Samson. I think it would have been a classy move to do it from that end as far as acknowledging your other goalie in the tandem because, hey, I got a shout out, you got a shout out. But uh, I think that's going to be a very good rivalry. So you ask most Maple Leaf fans at the beginning of the year, let's say in a perfect world, you get to keep Jack Campbell because you know Jack Campbell, you know what he's about, right? And the uh, Oilers signed to that big five-year, $25 million contract, but you got to keep Peter Morazic at the same time. Now taking a look at the numbers, and I, I think mostly fans, believe it or not, Zach, would have taken that over the chance we took with Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. 
Now take a look at the numbers. Uh, if they're not right at the bottom of the league, both of them, Morazic and Campbell, it is looking real bad, real fast. I mean, Chicago took him just because they need to tank and get the high draft picks. Uh, Edmonton was really hoping for Stanley Cup glory, and now uh, he's being a Buffalo Skinner. Well, Edmonton Skinner, Stuart Skinner, is now their starter indefinitely. So you look at Campbell, Morazic versus Murray and Samsonov. Man, the Leafs are looking like geniuses right now. It was I. I was never at one point mad that that Kyle Dubas did not sign Jack Campbell this year. Never at one point. I wouldn't have signed Jack Campbell for more than three million bucks a year. Because the reality is, is the Leafs and under Keefe's coaching have become a defensive juggernaut team, okay? Just look at what they've done this year. They don't let in very many goals against, okay? Two, three, usually max. And in that, they're scoring four or five goals a game without question, okay? So I have no problem. Jack Campbell was carried on a strong defensive skilled team, okay? Then he went to the Oilers which as far as I'm concerned, are one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL. I don't, you know what? They are lucky. And I mean, like, thank their good graces that Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl can score 4,000 goals a game to outscore their problems. Because even Skinner isn't that good. And Jack plus, Campbell plus Zach is horrible. Plus Zach yeah, Zach, I know. We got to, you know, repping for our Shut Toronto up. kid. Um, but uh, they, they are lucky that they've been able to outscore their problems the majority of the time. Jack Campbell played on a, on a team that was a defensive juggernaut in the lease, and he was hurt half the year, which is useless. So, um, you know, at five and a half million, I, I have no clue how anybody can justify signing him to that. Would you have taken, okay, Campbell had called up in the offseason and said, listen, I, I, I'm going to be a good guy here. I want to stay home here. Really want to help you guys out. So I'll take a one-year, $3 million contract to stay. He would still be here right now, correct? One year at three million. I think for sure they would have signed him, which means probably that Samsonov is not here. It would have been they, Murray and Campbell. They probably would have signed him. Um, the problem with Jack Campbell is still at best he's a one B. Um, and the Leafs needed a one A. I don't think Samsonov is a one A. I think he's had a great year, don't get me wrong. But the majority of the games he plays with respect to the shutout, he usually lets in one bad one a game, right? And you can't let one bad one in a game. Um, so, you know, it probably would have been Murray and Campbell, uh, and then at six and a half million, seven million for the two of them, you're looking a little pricey. Who's your, who's your stronger goalie between the tandem right now? Who Murray. your favorite Murray? Okay, fine. So let's speaking, Murray is a far better goalie. So can we put it back our GM hats for a second? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Edmonton now calls up Toronto. Okay. So Edmonton GM call up Toronto GM, right? Uh, Ken Holland, I believe, is the Edmonton GM. Oh, boy. Yeah, for now. Okay. So Ken's like, listen, Dubis, we got to fix this situation here. So I got a barn burner for you to turn around our fortunes here in Edmonton, and it'll help you too. You know Jack Campbell. He's a known entity for you guys. He did great for you. He just needs to go back to Toronto because whatever it is in Edmonton no. with the winters, it's not going well. We're going to give you Connor McDavid and Jack Campbell. All we're going to take back is Austin Matthews and Ilya Samsonov. What does Dubas react to that phone call? Oh, and we'll eat part of Campbell's contract too. Because we're that desperate. Yes. You have to, right? Connor McDavid is more valuable than Austin Matthews, as much as I hate to admit it. And I, oh God, it burns me to say that. But 
you, you can't both of them have the ability to finish a game off they have that flip the switch game's mine we're done okay um i think mcdavid can do it a little bit easier with more ease than matthews um and he can do it himself which is huge value um not to mention samsonov's 1b and campbell's 1b so we gotta agree that no chance in heck that edmonton would ever trade mcdavid straight up for austin matthews right i wouldn't say no chance you McDavid's... think right you think holland would call and make that that move right now not right now but yeah. not no chance mcdavid will be a leaf well connor under... mcdavid in his lifetime and i think post his contract with the oilers will be a toronto maple leaf he is from the city he grew up dreaming to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. The Leafs have more money than any team in the NHL. He will be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and the Leafs have a better chance at winning a Stanley Cup in the future than the Edmonton Oilers do. They got to get Campbell out of town. There's no doubt about it. And this is your solution. And Samsonov's playing so well that they don't want to give him up. But the lure of getting Connor McDavid, that'd be a very interesting in season trade. Of course, it's not going to happen. But it's fun to talk about. So getting back to and I like Samsonov, by the way. I love watching this guy. I actually get it. I and I don't like to turn it on at least be honest, because they, they just depress the heck out of me because they're so usually inconsistent. But now they're a lot of fun to watch. So I will definitely attend your parade when you organize this Stanley Cup parade and help everybody cure their Stanley Cup fever. Everyone's uh, welcome. The one thing I, I gotta say, like when you look around the league, right? You look teams one through thirty-two, because they are thirty-two teams, correct? That's what they call 32 Thoughts, some other podcast I heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not Chosen Life. You want to no, stick no. to Chosen Life, not that. So when you look at the consistency, like the one thing is you have a really great goalie, usually he's number one, and then the guy hopefully that can kind of pick up the slack if need be. You got two guys here that the Leafs have a problem where really like we got to play both of these guys all the time because, man, they're both burning up like crazy. So as far as the time goes, man, it's looking real good right now. If they said anywhere like this, if you're going to put on now your Kyle Dubas hat, I don't know if he wears a hat because his hair is that good like yours. And by the way, I saw you at the barber shop. We both were, had the same idea of getting our hair done before this episode. Got to look good, baby. That's right. What are the odds we pick the barber at the same time? We both go to the same barber even. It's awesome. Yeah. So, Ilya Samsonov, right now, you're Kyle Dubas. Do you pick up the phone call, Samsonov's agent, and say, hey, you know, I know you wanted that proof contract. Well, I think you've proven everything you need to prove. Let's extend you now. Let's figure something out that helps both of us. You think they're they're in talks or no chance? I think they're in talks. Um, I think it depends on what Samsonov's priority is. Because with what he's done so far, he can secure a bigger back for a smaller term. So he's not getting six million at this point. He'll probably he could probably, you know, wager himself to to get to a three and a half, four million dollar contract with this kind of play. And he could probably get it for like two to three years, I would imagine. Um the Leafs won't do that um, because still he's 1B. He's not the starting goalie that the Leafs need, um, at least not at this point. Maybe he will be. I don't know, um, but not not right now. He's not. So the Leafs aren't giving him that kind of money. The Leafs have, um, I think Dennis is his name, Dennis Hittleby, who's a Swedish goalie, 6'6", six, six, plays um, in the SHL. Uh, he played there last year too. He was a, a late draft. Um, SHL? Yeah, Swedish Hockey League. Swedish um, Hockey League, okay. Yeah, um, he was playing, he was an underager playing for their professional league, which is a big deal for a kid who's just being drafted. Um, 
the deal with him, and I've done some research on him, because when the Leafs draft a six foot six goalie, he's Swedish, generally speaking, they're good. You got to get excited, European goalies. Um, so I did some research on him. Guy had horrible junior years, horrible junior years. Next thing you know, he's best goalie in the, in the Swedish Junior League, killing it with the numbers, playing in the professional league, wondering where the hell this guy came from. So apparently the story goes is that he had double hip surgery because he grew too fast. He grew a foot in a year or something like that. And so he had to get surgery on his hips because he didn't have the flexibility that he needed as a goalie and he was always in pain. And now, apparently speaking, he's uh, he's lighting it up. So that's something I keep my eye on for the Leafs because um, he's under contract, I think, one more year with them. So this year. And then he's available, and he could be a good one B. And as long as Murray's fine, I wouldn't go too far. Um, but I don't know. It depends. On, let's just say it depends what Samsonov's motives are. If he wants money, he's not staying. If he wants to win a Stanley Cup, he may stay. Like if if Dubis calls up his agent and says, "You know what? Let's send you for another two years, four mil." Two years at four mil a year? No, no four total. Have four total. Four till. Uh, two per year. I think that's too little for him. You know, the Samsung will take that. Eh? I think he's more. I think he's worth more than that. Well, playing right now for sure, but you know, all it takes is one bad streak, right? And right back to the uh, bargain bin for him. So yeah, but even as a one B or even as a backup, most backup goalies in the NHL are making one to two million, and one, those ones aren't one Bs. So let's say Jack Campbell calls you up now or texts you. You know, Bington has your number. So he then, just did course, text me, Jack Campbell. You'd, oh, you really? You, yeah, yeah, we speak on a daily basis. You're probably his financial planner. I know you can't disclose that, but uh, I'm sure. Uh, I, I didn't I, say he was his financial planner. We're just friends. That's all. Okay, so you and Jack are friends. I don't know if he appreciates everything you say about him, but if he says to you, Zach, listen, I know you got your finger on the pulse, man. I don't know how you're not coaching or GM in NHL with your freaking smarts. Uh, fix me, Zach. What do I got to do to get back to being the awesome goalie that I was? It's not Jack Campbell's fault. I have to, like... Don't think that I'm 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 you know saying Jack Campbell isn't a good goalie. Jack Campbell is more than a cap a more than capable one B. He's not Vasilevsky. He's not Connor Hellebuck. Okay, that's just not who the guy is. All right. So and he knows that too because if he was, Leafs would have won last year. There's no chance. Okay, not to say that he didn't play well, but those guys are stealing games for their teams. Okay. Um, but he's a competent goalie. He's capable. He's a good enough 1B. His problem is the fact that, again, the Oilers are one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL. McDavid has worked on his defensive game, but even had, he's not the greatest. Um, and I don't think there's one player on the team, which is Zach Hyman, who plays defensively strong. Otherwise, who's their defense? Like, look at their defense, John. Yeah, I thought, exactly. they, I thought they. I thought they put five forwards out there every game. So. Yeah, exactly. They 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 have nobody. They have um, what's his face? Uh, Darnell Nurse, who's a big, big, mean guy, very dirty hockey player. Which sometimes you got to respect. Awesome. Um, but he's also like he's not defensively strong. They have no defense. Interesting. So from the from the Leafs' perspective right now, as I also said to myself, how are they doing this with every single defenseman out seemingly? But uh, we're going to presume that Muzzin is not coming back this year from the sounds of it. I'm or, the sounds right now is he's retiring. Yeah. Okay. So if, if that is the case um, and everybody else does come back, sniffing around deadline time, uh, we got to load up with one or two. Def- I, the way I'm seeing it right now, what are you thinking? One or two defensemen, we're good to go for the playoffs? One. One. We, one? Need, we still need one through in the top four. 
So the way I would run things in a in the perfect world is you have to keep hold on, Brody. Hold on, hold on. We have we have the Dubis right now is taking his notepad. He's I know he's watching this and he's like so intrigued. So okay, Kyle. I, I, yeah, I spoke with him about this last week. It's no problem. Okay. Um. Anyway, so no, I I told him I said you got to have Riley with Brody because any. Listen, as an investment specialist, we all hedge our bets. And Morgan Riley is an offensive defenseman. Um, and TJ Brody is just stone cold, defense first type of defenseman. So playing those two together, you should be okay. Um, I would not split up the Swedes in Liljegren and Sandine. They're playing very well together. They're familiar. They're comfortable, which, you know, for defensive partners, you want to make sure that they're comfortable, willing to speak to each other and everything like that. That would be my second or third pairing. Um, but you know, we, we see how the ice time splits up. Um, after that, Justin Hole drives me nuts on a good day, on a bad day. You could hear me like like the crazy person I am screaming at the TV. Like I Steve Dangle didn't even scream like I scream at the TV, but Justin Hole, though Giordano has calmed him down, he is not enough. So the way I see things is you need to have a good split of left-handers and right-handers. You got Jamie Benn, who's off and on hurt as a 7-8th defenseman, left-handed. Now you've got Connor Timmins, who could be something right-handed, okay? So now you've got two relatively big, six-foot-two, fair-sized, meaner, more physical-style defensemen, who, as far as I'm concerned, are seven, six, seven, well, not even, seven or eights in the NHL. From that, you need to get somebody better than Justin Hole. You need to have somebody with a mean presence, defensively strong and capable, someone that you can depend on, who will log good minutes to play with whoever is in the four slot with him, and that is not whole. So aside from this one defenseman that the Leafs have to get, do you see any other moves at this point? Assuming everybody else stays healthy and everything else works out in a perfect world, they got to do anything from a center standpoint, a forward standpoint? So for me, the forward standpoint is hard because I just don't see Kerfoot fitting in any role right now. Um, it's hard to trade somebody who could play any role uh, relatively well you know like like good enough in any single position in one through 12 is great to have if you know what i mean um and kerfoot's good enough uh the problem is is that he doesn't he just doesn't seem to fit with anybody right now you know from a center role i would not change a thing you have pontus holmberg who i liked in the preseason um he kind of came out of nowhere um and I really liked him. He was another one that in the preseason because my brothers and I, we we always talk about who our players are that we want to see. Holmberg was my number one. I didn't. I took him before Robertson, um, because and as Keith will tell you, a player that does not make mistakes is more valuable than a player who scores goals. It is one hundred percent true. Um, so you have a center lineup of Austin Matthews and John Tavares who are scoring machines. Holmberg, who's not a not unable to put the puck in. He's already got a few goals. David Camp scored yesterday too. He can put a few goals in some, you know, tertiary and and I don't even know what the fourth equivalent of tertiary is. Fourth scoring, fourth line scoring. Um, so those guys are great. Um, you know, you have Marner and Nylander on the right hand sides. I wouldn't change either of those. Uh, at least not for now. And even if you do, they're swapping. Um, I like Zach Aston Reese on the bottom line. Engvall, get rid of. He does nothing for me, but he's also not somebody who's going to make or break the team. Bunting um, is working his way throughout the lineup. Just he, He's a guy who plays wherever he's needed, which is great. Um, I would still look for one left wing power forward. Um, 
though I'm hearing that the Leafs are reluctant to do that because they think Matthew Nyes is going to fill that role when he's, or Nyes, Nyes, I don't know how you pronounce it, when he's done chasing the NCAA Cup dream, um, which will be late in the season, as I understand it, and early in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd still head to my bets and get a, a strong, power forward left winger. You could get me an Alex Tuck. Oh, I would be dreaming. Well, you know, we talked about the Skinner brothers and we talked about Nick Robertson. Well, talked about the hard discussion. You did. I think you missed one guy. I don't know if he's in your discussion or not, but doesn't Robertson have a brother? Jason Robertson is Jason. not. He is not leaving Dallas. He's going to put up like 80 goals this year. Jason Robertson, right. Okay, so we call him now in Dallas. Is he in your hard discussion? Is he in my heart discussion? Mm, no. But you'd like him on the Leafs? I, oh, listen, I'd love to have him. He doesn't make or break that team. He doesn't provide extreme value on that team. He's still not defensively strong. Um, he's not more valuable than Connor McDavid. He is not more valuable than Marner. Um, and the, there's no chance he's more valuable than Crosby. But he's having a nice season. He's an honorable mention. Yeah, yes. good season so far. So is Jack Hughes. So. Yes. Well, a couple of the guys, things I wanted to bring to your attention here as we're wrapping up today. So with Chicago, you know, we were fully expecting Patrick Kane to get his Leafs jersey on. You don't see it happening this season. Uh, no, why and is there anybody else from Chicago you think that uh, we can we've already had nice you know trading with them with Merzik can we maybe pick up one of their guys since obviously they're not going anywhere this year um, so the only guy they have I think is Murphy something Murphy he's a defenseman right handed shot not great not bad I don't really think he's he's going to be the Leafs saving grace um, they don't need a Simon and Taves and there's no one else there I see there who's, you know, so valuable. They could trade for Seth Jones and ask Chicago to eat up some of his salary for the next 52 years that they signed him for, but that's not going to happen. So, no, I don't see anything happening with Chicago. Kane has said time and time again he does not want to play for the Leafs. I don't know why. Um, Did you try reaching a... out to him? Uh, has that been I successful? tried. No, no, no. He's, he's too big for me. He doesn't take my calls. Um, but uh, he he uh, he just he doesn't want to play for the Leafs. Probably he's a Buffalo kid. He hates the Leafs. I don't know. Is he heading to Buffalo to uh, team up with Trace Thompson? Is that the idea? I don't know. He's not getting a cup in Buffalo for a couple of years, at the very least. Like, Buffalo is still three defensemen short and a goalie short of being a good team. Let alone it's pretty team. hard to get one defenseman, let alone three defensemen. Well, when I'm thinking about the Leafs, the one thing I'll say is looking towards the playoffs in the future – Assuming, of course, and this is a big if, Murray and Samsonov stay healthy, I think Leaf fans, I think management, coaching staff, everybody's sleeping very well at night with that tandem. I don't think we've seen the last of Shalgren. I think that he will come at some point when somebody needs a breather or somebody goes inevitably on injured reserve when the, when, the, when the situation happens. The hope is obviously that Murray is going to stay healthy for the most part. But uh, Shalgren, you know what? Uh, I think looking at what he's done uh, as a, as your number three, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. You could also do better. He uh, he's not bad. He, to me, he's nothing. He's a nothing third liner. You, you know, um, he got a shutout in his first game, right? I was third there. stringer. <laughs> I know he got a shutout. Um, like I said, he's he's not going to make or break the Leaf season either. Um, and as a goalie, up and coming in your 
in your, you know, in your, they call it string in, in the lineup, right? You know, as a third or fourth string goalie, who's younger and supposed to be providing the team with future depth and future opportunity. He's not there. He's not that guy. So let me ask you as, as, as the, uh, as the owner and operator of rain finance, you know, and always being around money and assisting people with their budgets and figuring out their life situations. And then of course you, you know, having your hockey smarts, Zach, why don't they just get rid of this salary cap altogether? It's annoying the heck out of all of us. You know, teams that have the money and want to spend will do it. And the teams that don't have the money and don't want to spend won't do it. Starting to create, you know, uh, put everybody on an even footing. It's not happening. So how does, if you can let us know in like literally two minutes or less, how does that NHL salary cap work and how do we work around it? Because the only thing I see is putting guys on long-term reserve, injury, and then bringing them back right as the playoffs start. That's the only way to do it as far as I can see. So I wouldn't get rid of the salary cap. I'd get rid of the rule that you can do that with the LTIR, um, or at least I'd manipulate that rule. My little brother is funny enough. He's taking a sports economics course in university right now. And we were talking about this because he's doing assignments and regressions to see how valued players are and how much they should be paid based off their performance and yes and yada, 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 yada. Um, the salary cap is great. It was a good idea. It was a good concept. And I think it does bring everybody on a more level playing field. Um, I don't attribute the cap to the disparity in 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 talent within the teams in the NHL. I would attribute poor scouting and coaching and poor divisional structures to what's going on in the NHL. Like the fact that the Lightning, Leafs, and Boston Bruins are still in the same division to me is absolutely asinine. I do not know how that makes sense. Um, and, and you know, it's like John Cooper said, every time he plays the Leafs, we should have beat Tampa last year. And the two, two of the top teams in the NHL were out in the first round last year. How does that make sense? So, you know, I think that's a problem. I think we need a divisional restructuring or at least a different playoff structure. Um, and I'd get rid of that LTIR rule because that, that rule is just for cash-heavy teams. Tampa Bay, the Leafs, Florida Panthers, Boston – that shouldn't that shouldn't Dallas did it you know that that shouldn't be allowed or at least it should be on a reduced prorated formula than the way it is right now well for the execs watching this from the NHL we welcome your feedback you can reach out to the show directly to myself and Zach we're happy to help you improve your game uh because lord knows you know everything could use tweaking but it's been an exciting season so far 2022-2023 NHL season and Zach, so uh, now looking where we're at today, uh, Leafs definitely getting the cup this year. Getting past the first round for sure. You're, you're not prepared to to predict this full cup yet. Depends on if Murray can stay healthy. Okay, Murray's staying healthy. Cup is done. Yes. Okay, there we go, folks. We have a done deal, sir. Mur Matt Murray healthy. Leafs are guaranteed the cup. If, if Matt Murray's Matt healthy, you might as well just award the Leafs the cup now. Don't even go through the charade of the whole playoffs. But if they must. Matt Murray recapturing his Penguins glory days, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You can clip it right now. If Matt Murray is healthy and his Stanley Cup pedigree is available to play throughout the playoffs into the Stanley Cup final, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be celebrating in my parade this year. Facts.
Zachary Rain of Rain Finance. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights and hockey love. And I knew you'd love today's episode. Oh, I love it. Because you got to say, man, you know, for all the beatings you've taken and those horrible <laughs> leaf inconsistencies you've had to watch for, for your life now, this must be a really good feeling. You know, I don't want to be the guy who just constantly says, I told you so. But read the comments, people. I told you so. That note. We'll see you back on The Chosen Life. And you know when we sum up, Zach, thank you again for uh, joining us. No, thank and you for having me. Listen, we always love your insights. And we'll see you back real soon, obviously. And we'll talk in the next time we'll have you back on uh, with the new year coming up. And it's going to be 2023. By the time you're back on here, we're going to talk about money and budgeting and what's going on in the world of finance. So oh, stay tuned, folks. Man. That's coming in 2023. <laughs> and yes, as we're signing off, you know, we pull up the guns, right? Oh, yeah. And we say... Keep living the chosen life.